Thanks for listening to this teaching from City of Life Church. Check out www.col.tv for more great teachings, service times, and information on upcoming events. Now, let's join the service already in progress. I'm just going to read the story right out of Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 12. It says this, But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Somebody get rowdy today in here. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. All right, you guys say hallelujah at home. Now you gotta blow it up in the chest. This is Easter, we gotta get we got to get our Pentecostal roots fired up on Easter Sunday. I'm expecting some hallelujahs, some gloria a Dios, la presencia del Señor. Oh, look at the hallelujah wall. La presencia del Señor está aquí a este momento. Amen. I mean, we got, we got to get fired up today. Today is Easter Sunday. So it says, why are you seeking the living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen. Listen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee. Hmm. Let's hold on to that for a second. That the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and crucified. And on the third day rise. And they remembered his words. That means they weren't thinking about his words. They remembered his words. They weren't thinking about the fact that he was supposed to rise. They, they remembered, though, when he said this. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to the rest. So they come back, tell the 11 and the rest. 11, because Judas wasn't really part of this crew anymore. He excommunicated himself. The 11, all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words, listen close, seemed to them like an idle tale. And they did not believe them. Easter Sunday. The disciples, they did not believe him. But Peter ran, arose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen clothes or cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. I'm going to talk to you today, an idea about stepping out and stepping in to the resurrection. Stepping out and stepping in to the resurrection. Father, thank you for your presence. Thank you for your goodness on Easter Sunday today. I pray today is a day of miracles all over the world that the power and the hope of Easter would touch every person that is watching and listening in churches all over the world. Lord, I pray for pastors right now who are doing church differently than they ever have before, that you would fill them with confidence in the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, to preach the gospel message that through every avenue possible, that people's hearts would be overwhelmed with the hope of Jesus in this dark time in our world. Lord, and I pray that you would turn this around for your glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, at home, in the chat rooms, everywhere, everybody said, amen. You know, I'm thankful that Peter saw those linen cloths in empty tomb because what that means is that Jesus did exactly what he said he was going to do. The fact that Peter saw those cloths, the empty tomb, it means Jesus kept his word. 
He said that he was going to be crucified and on the third day that he would rise. I'm really happy that he experienced what he experienced. But I'm also thankful that this particular scripture in Luke 24 is in the Bible. And why am I thankful this is in the Bible? Because it gives me hope for myself. Why? Because I am not perfect either. Look at somebody next to you and say, you know you're not perfect now. And if you put your hand on your heart if you're by yourself and say, I am not perfect and I know it. Come on. Come on. Somebody say it today if you're watching. You're not perfect. There's no way you're perfect. And the reason that we find that Peter in this passage is not perfect is it says he went home marveling at what had happened. He couldn't figure out what was going on. Just like earlier when they found out from the two angels that were there that Jesus was not there, they didn't remember that Jesus was supposed to rise. It means when they went, they weren't expecting Jesus to be resurrected. Who are these people? They're his disciples. People that are very close to him. Listen to Mark chapter 9, verses 31 and 32. Write these down if you're watching. Write these down if you're listening. Go back and study these. I want you to take this for the week and make this a part of your devotional. Meditate on these things. Go back and listen to it again. Listen to what I'm saying. God has got something for you today on this Easter Sunday. If you will press in and you will listen, he's got something that he wants to plant in your heart. Mark chapter 9, verses 31 32. This is what Jesus had said to them just a few days before. Listen, he said this, the son of man is about to be betrayed to some people who want nothing to do with God. That happened. They will murder him. That happened. Three days after his murder, he will rise. That happened. Alive. They didn't know what he was talking about, but were afraid to ask. Anybody ever seen something happen and you don't know what's going on? But you're kind of afraid to ask what's going on. Like, uh, hey, what are you doing there? I remember, uh, you know, one time I went to a barber and uh, I had my mom cut my hair a lot when I was growing up. By the way, I cut my own hair this week. Um, I know it doesn't look I, I mean, it doesn't look clean like the way it should. But I mean, I just I just took the thing and tried. I watched some tutorials. Yeah. Yeah, I did. But my mom cut my hair growing up. And I remember one time I really needed a haircut. And I walked into a barber. And I said, um, you know, can you cut my hair? And he goes, yeah, what, what number? I was like, what you, huh? 407-908-017. What, what, what number? He, he said, what number? I, I was like, oh, just, just kind of make it you know, a little bit shorter. Just kind of short on the sides. And So this dude starts skinning me. And I'm seeing hair fall all over the place. It's the shortest haircut I ever had. Then he takes the thing, and, and the same thing that had just skinned my uh, head, he brings it up near my eyebrow. And he's, he, he goes, I'm going to clean you up. I said, you're going to clean me up? He goes, yeah. But, and, and it was kind of like this right here. Like I knew there was something going on, but I was a little bit afraid to ask. I didn't want to say, don't touch me with that. And before I knew it, this joker shaved my whole eyebrow out. It fell on my leg like a caterpillar laying on my leg. I looked down at this blonde thing. I said, are you crazy? I said, what are you doing? He goes, well, I'm, I said, I'm going to clean you up. I said, you made me look like I'm from a science fiction movie. You cut my eyebrow off. He cut the whole thing off. He goes, well, what do you want to do with the other one? I said, leave it. I went to a Christmas party. 
with Uno eyebrow. It was wild. I wish it was a Halloween party. At least I could have had an excuse for that. But in this case, they're listening to Jesus talk about something incredibly important. And they're afraid to ask. You, some of you have a cruel look on your face like you enjoyed hearing me get my eyebrow. Like I, I see Lou up there. Lou is second from the left on the second row. And that's my friend I play golf. And Ken, right next to him. And they just like that story because they're trying to imagine me with no eyebrow. That's rude, y'all. You're supposed to be the hallelujah wall, not the whatever, you know, schadenfreude wall. Okay. Anyways, let's get back to this. So they're afraid to ask Jesus. So, so what, what is Jesus saying? He's saying, I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to be murdered. I'm going to rise again on the third day. They don't even know what he's talking about. He's been saying this for, for the longest time, and they don't even get it. They can't even comprehend. They're not spiritual enough to get what he's saying. Luke, in the book of Luke, it's 24, 9 through 11, it says, And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, mother of James. It's our text. It says, but they seemed like an idle tale to them. They did not believe them. This is post-resurrection. You have the disciples of Jesus after the resurrection doing exactly what he said he is going to do that do not believe. They simply do not believe. These words seem like an idle tale. They did not believe them. Somebody say they did not believe. John 20, 19 through 20, it says later on that day the disciples had gathered together fearful of the Jews and had locked all the doors in the house. Jesus is already alive, but they're not living in victory. They're locked in a house with their knees shaking, fearful. Post-resurrection. It's Easter, the first Easter, and they're not celebrating. They're not living in the power and the joy of the resurrection. They're afraid. John 20, verses 11 through 14 says, Mary stood outside the tomb weeping as she wept. She Knelt to look in the tomb and saw two angels there dressed in white. One at the head, the other at the foot where Jesus' body had been laid. They said to her, woman, why do you weep? They took my master. I don't know where they put him. After she said this, she turned away and saw Jesus standing there, but didn't recognize him. Didn't recognize Jesus. He is already, he's already told everybody what I'm going to do. He said, I'm going to rise on the third day. We can become so absorbed with our pain and we can become so absorbed with the way we think things are supposed to work out that if it doesn't look exactly like we thought it should, we miss the miracle. And here she doesn't even recognize, don't even recognize that he's with you. There may be people right now who are in travail. Your heart is breaking over what you're going through. You're saying, God, be with me. God, be with me. Help me. And you don't realize he's right there. Jesus spoke to her and said, who are you looking for? She, thinking he was the gardener. What? The gardener said, mister, if you took him, tell me where you put him so I can care for him. I mean, if, you know, it almost kind of wish he'd go, I am him. You know, we think he's something else. This is post-resurrection. I'm telling you, i got an idea here for you today. If you'll stick around, I promise you, this, this, there's some power in this. Because there may be some people here post-resurrection today. Jesus is already alive, but you're not getting the benefit of it. Yeah. 
Jesus has already risen, but you don't even know about it yet. You're not, you're not standing in your confidence today. You're not living in your victory today. Can I tell you something? He ain't going to come out of a grave again. He don't need to. He already did it one time. He don't need to be re-crucified again. He don't need to be reburied again. He don't need to be re-resurrected again. He's already done it once and forever. Now, listen to this. This, this, is, this is loco. Totally loco. This is, remember, this is, this is after the resurrection. I, want, I just want to make this clear that after the resurrection, sin had already been defeated. Death had already been defeated. Jesus had already said it is finished, yet none of these people know. <laughs> none of these people get it. These are, these are the people that Jesus personally mentored who are not getting the fact that Jesus is alive. In John 20, they think his body's been stolen. It says she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple and the one Jesus loved said, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb. We don't know where they put him. And Peter and the other disciples started to run for the tomb. They're running. But the other disciple ran faster. I love that part. He bent over and looked at the strips of linen laying there but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight in the tube. He saw the strips of linen lying there as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. It was lying in its place separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who reached the tomb first went inside. They saw and believed. Believed what? But it said they still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. I find that to be a very humble thing for John to admit as the writer. Because he's the one that ran and got there first. He said that when they got there, they're, they're thinking someone stole the body. They don't know what's going on. They're not even putting two, to, two and two together. What was going on? I'll tell you what was going on. They had to step out and step in to the resurrection. They had, in their own life. Jesus had already stepped out and stepped in to his resurrection power. But they had to step out and step in. Look at somebody next to you say, step out and step into the resurrection. Step out and step in to the resurrection. Come on, say, I got to step out. Come on, say, I got to step in to the resurrection. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, We are being transfigured into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. And this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. We are being transformed. That is the process of stepping out. Now, these same men who were fearful and knocking their knees after the resurrection. All the resurrection power is available to them. They're not living in it. They haven't stepped out from the old way of thinking yet. They haven't stepped. I'm sweating and I love it. They haven't. I don't wear suits very often. They haven't stepped out of the old and stepped into the new. But the same men that their knees were shaking are the ones that people looked at and said, aren't these the guys who turned the whole world upside down? Preaching with boldness and fire. Every one of them martyred. Peter crucified upside down because he said he wasn't even worthy to be crucified the same way as his Savior. Oh, they stepped out 
And they stepped in. But not on this day. See, because they needed the revelation. In some instances of Thomas, he needed to see it for himself. And even Jesus, I love the fact that Jesus allows doubt. Maybe you're watching today and you've got doubts in your life. Maybe that's why you haven't stepped out and stepped in to the resurrection power that's available to you on Sunday. On this Sunday, Easter Sunday. You haven't stepped out and stepped in because you got doubts. I love the fact that Jesus addresses our doubts. He says, okay, you want to you touch the scars? You want to see them? Here they are. Because Thomas, like Thomas missed the first appearance of Jesus to the other 11. Where was he? What was he doing that? I mean, can you imagine what was he doing on that? That's like the biggest missed appointment in the history of humanity. Like the day Jesus shows up resurrected, you're not there. You like oversleep or something. And he hears about it and they tell him, but he doesn't believe. So Jesus addresses our doubts by providing the proof that we need. And for us today, it's not, oh, you have doubts? Well, then let me physically come here. Why? He's already ascended. So we've got all kinds of proofs that are around us. The power of the Holy Spirit. We've got our conscience. We've got creation. We've got all the things that are around us that scream to us on a daily basis that God loves us and he cares for us. But see, we, in our doubt, have to step out of that dark place of doubt. And we have to step into the light of the resurrection. We've got to be transformed. Somebody say transformed. Romans 8, 29 says, Those that God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Those that God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed, that Greek word, samorphos, which is literally like pouring, oh, I'll tell you what it's like. My mama made some pork loin. Okay, that, on, on Easter, she makes some pork loin. I don't know, I mean, pork loin, what, what is that like? It's like the, it's like the redneck peronilla or something like that? I mean, what, what is that? I'm not sure what it is, but whatever it is, it's good. And then you eat it with cranberry sauce. I like that cranberry sauce, boy. And that cranberry sauce, you know. Don't, if you're typing ooh on Facebook, just mute yourself. Okay, cranberry sauce is Dope. Okay, cranberry sauce is good. But you know what cranberry sauce, you know what happens is when you take that cranberry sauce, you cut off the top, and you turn it over like that, and you go. And when it comes out, it looks like the can. That's samorphos. Uh, samorphos is pouring. You remember the old school before we had these amazing refrigerators where you just push and just ice magically appear? Remember when, you, know, you remember back in the day, you want some ice, what you had to do? You take the ice tray, fill it up. At the sink, I don't know why the sink is so far away from the thing, you got to walk around like this. You, you're spilling it all over your shoes, you know what I'm saying? you got to get that joker in there. Anybody ever fill that thing up with Kool-Aid? Oh, praise the Lord. Stick a little toothpick in that joker in the summertime. That's right. What is that? It's samorphos. It's being conformed, transformed. So it says, it says that those that God foreknew, he predestined to be conformed from one thing to another to the image of his son. That's what we're talking about here today. We're talking about that our destiny, God said that those that God knew in advance, which is all of us, he predestined to be changed until we look like Jesus. 
And I kind of mentioned this the other night. You hear that phrase all the time. Well, what would Jesus do? Well, that's a, I love that idea. That's great. I mean, WWJD, the bracelet, that's great. That's changed a lot of people's lives. I got a question for you, though. What did Jesus do? You got to speculate. What would he do? Okay, you know, WWJD can get you out of some arguments or get you from going to jail. You know what I'm saying? Like, you'd be in a situation where people cut you in line. I can't stand when people cut in line. That's a good thing to say when people cut you in line at Disney. WWJD. You know what I'm saying? I'll keep you, keep you cool. Hallelujah wall, you feel me on that? But what did Jesus do? If we're supposed to look like Jesus, talk like Jesus, what did he do? He stepped out and he stepped into the resurrection. So that means we're supposed to step out of the old life and step into this brand new Holy Spirit empowered life with victory, with faith with power, with authority, with boldness, with confidence, with healing, with love, with kindness, with compassion. Come on, with great ideas on how to change and affect our community for God. The old way won't work. The old way of thinking won't work. Romans 12, 2 says, be not conformed to this world, somorphos, but be ye transformed, changing from one thing to another by the renewing of your mind. We've got to go from the old way, step out of the old way. And what I'm trying to tell you is that his disciples, the people that he mentored, were not yet transformed with the revelation that they can step into the resurrection just like Jesus did. You have to step into the resurrection today. It's not enough just to say happy Easter or post he is risen on your wall today. You've got to step into the resurrection. Step into the resurrection today. You know, I, I've been thinking for months about something and I told my staff. If you'll notice a lot of our amazing artwork, Andy, who's on our staff, is phenomenal. I love the artwork and Andy almost freaked out because she is uh, she's great, but but sometimes when I you know talk to her about design, I'll say, "Come on, can we make this a little tougher?" Or blah blah blah, and we go back and forth. And when I told our team, I said, "You know, I, I want our theme to be butterflies for Easter." And she was like, "Oh, really, Pastor Jeff?" I was like, "Yeah, really, okay, but just you know, give them mustaches or something." Can you do is that? You've a, okay, no, okay, no mustaches. All right, so that's, uh, <laughs> that's kind of, we, we didn't go with the mustaches, but we went with sideburns, so that's the second, second best thing. No, I'm joking, we don't have that either, but the reason I wanted butterflies is I was uh, driving somewhere one day, and the Lord just put something in my heart, the word chrysalis. And I know what a chrysalis is. I've never really spent a lot of time studying a chrysalis. A chrysalis is what a lot of people call a cocoon, but it's not a cocoon with a caterpillar that turns into a butterfly. It's called a chrysalis. And it's actually the outer shell of the caterpillar that begins to hang on something. And when that outer shell of its skin is shed, it goes inside of that shell. Now, Here's what's interesting about that. 
is I just always assumed that when it goes inside of the shell, that wings pop out, that it's sort of like, I don't know, like a werewolf or something like, you know, and, and John Landis, I don't know, I'm just so old, but you know, I guess in 1983, John Landis did the uh, thriller video with Michael Jackson. He did a miracle werewolf in London. And like you see, you know, the, all this stuff is down there. It's growing out and then things are growing. I just feel like it's there and it's like growing out of the caterpillar and it just changes and sort of morphs into this. So I didn't really know much about it. But a scientist named Andrei Surikov, as I was researching this, split open a chrysalis. And what he found is that when that caterpillar goes into the chrysalis and it is being transformed, at no point is it half caterpillar, half butterfly, but in fact, the whole thing dissolves. The cells rupture, muscle dissolves. All that's left is an amino acid and what is like a protein soup. Biologists say that it is a cataclysmic and catastrophic event. It is not discernible. And from all of that, a violent change takes place and something brand new is created and is born. The old that goes in there is not discernible anymore. Something brand new grows, but here is what is so Wild biologists at Georgetown University have done research with caterpillars and they have shown them certain smells that smell good and smell bad and have trained them to move away quickly from the bad smells. They normally have to investigate it and learn what's bad and learn they don't like it, then they move away. But what happens is that in this experiment, See, and the reason they did this is because everything is so dissolved that there's nothing discernible left. Their memory, it's like they're thinking, what's going on? But what they determine is that the caterpillars that were trained before, when they go into the chrysalis and they come out of the butterfly, they run that same experiment and it remembers. So it's the same, but it's different. Oh my gosh, are, are, are you getting that today? On Easter Sunday, it's the same, but it's different. That's why in John chapter three, Jesus is talking with this Pharisee named Nicodemus. And he says, I tell you, nobody can see the kingdom of God unless they're born again. And he says, how can someone be born when they're old? They can't enter a second time into their mother's womb and be born. Jesus talks about this transformation that takes place in us. And, and the best thing it can come up with, beautiful, phenomenal, to help this guy understand it, is it's like being born again. Ephesians 2, 5 and 6 says, it's a wonder God didn't lose his temper and do away with us, all of us, the whole lot of us. Instead, immense in his mercy and with an incredible love, he embraced us. He took our sin-dead lives and made us alive in Christ. Those old lives that like a caterpillar that go into that chrysalis, he took all of that and transformed it and made us alive in Christ. Jesus gave us hints. I was even reading Mark and noticed in Mark 2 that a paralytic man is lowered through the ceiling of a house. And what does Jesus say to him? He says, stand up, 
But the Greek word he uses is rise. In Mark chapter 3, a man with a withered hand comes to him. And Jesus says to him in English, come forward. But the Greek word he uses is rise. In Mark 5, Jesus heals Jairus' daughter. Jesus says to her in English, little girl, get up. But in Greek, the word is rise. Step out. And step in to the resurrection life that he has called you to. Whether you've been appreciating the resurrection power of Jesus or not, step out and step in today. I'm going to tell you something. The chrysalis is dark. The tomb is dark. The chrysalis is silent. The tomb is silent. In John 4, 46, the Bible talks about a royal official whose son was sick at Capernaum. And he came to Jesus who was in Cana, which is 18 miles away from Capernaum where his son is. And he said, hey, come heal my son. Please, he needs you. And Jesus says something along the lines of, people need signs, they need wonders. And this guy pleads again, hey, 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 please, heal my son. And Jesus says, your son is going to be fine. Go. 18 miles from where his son is to where he is. Now, he's got to take a journey from where Jesus said, trust me, to where the fulfillment of that promise actually takes place. Can you imagine how long that journey was back home? That's what the chrysalis is like. That's what the tomb is like. When we live in that season of our life where we don't have proof of the resurrection, it is a tough place to be. But I'm telling you something. God has called us today to step out of that old way of thinking and step in to the resurrection power of Jesus Christ that is available to us today. It doesn't matter who you used to be. It doesn't matter how you used to feel. What matters is who you are today. Will you let Jesus transform you? And you know what I love about that story is that of the research of that caterpillar is it's the same, but it's just new. Jesus says in Revelation, behold, I am making all things new. When Jesus came out of the grave, he said, yeah, it's me. He sat and he had a meal with him. He said, hey, this is me. Remember me? You can touch me if you want to. It's him. But he's new. See, what I'm telling you today is that when you step into your resurrection power today, just like Jesus did, and he did everything that he said he was going to do, it's you but it's a new you. See, the Bible says, while we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. See, it's your eyes, but you don't see the way you used to see anymore. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing. It says, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says. See, it's your ears, but you don't hear the way you used to hear. <laughs> the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. It's not the normal kind of taste that everyone has. He transforms everything about your life when you step out and you step in to the resurrection.
Oh man, he loves you today. Oh, this Easter week has been phenomenal. If you haven't watched the services, I'd go back and watch last week's Palm Sunday. I'd watch our Monday Thursday service. I'd watch Good Friday. I would watch this morning's sunrise service over again. And then I'd watch this one more time because the journey of what this has taken us from, of Jesus coming on Palm Sunday, declaring himself as king, pulling no punches, I am him. Deal with it. And then on Thursday, having communion with his disciples, washing their feet, empowering them to love people as he loved them. On Friday, enduring not only the brutality of the cross, but the full measure of God's wrath against his own son. Why? Because he took our sins upon himself. He did nothing to deserve his own murder. It was an act of love for us. And he was buried and like a chrysalis. The old was gone and it was changed and something new. You say, well, I thought he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But yeah, he had to become a man so he could redeem humanity. Jesus in his resurrected form, he sits at the right hand of the Father right now. But you know what? He kept promising us, I'm going to send someone. That person is the Holy Spirit. He kept saying a comforter is going to come. He's going to take care of you. He said in Acts, you'll receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. we got to step out of the old life and step into the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, live a Spirit-empowered life today on Easter Sunday. Hallelujah, all. Who wants to live a Spirit-empowered life today on Easter Sunday? Who wants to step out of the old life and step into resurrection power today? Come on, if that's you at home, give the Lord a praise. Give him a cheer today. Hallelujah. It's the same you, but it's better. It's a new you. Old things are passed away. I'll take away, the Bible says, I'll take away your heart of stone and replace it with a heart of flesh. Same you, but everything's better redeemed in Jesus name. I want to give you the opportunity on Easter Sunday. Oh man, and the power of the Lord is here today. The presence, God, I just feel the Holy Spirit moving. Thank you, Lord. I'm just praying for you right now. Everybody watching. Thank you, Lord. My spirit, Lord, I just sense so many people watching that are just desperate for you to speak to them. I pray right now that you would comfort them and let them know that you hear their prayers, God, and that you are with them and you're calling them to step out of the old and step in to the power of the resurrection. Right now, I want to invite everyone that needs Jesus to become your Lord and Savior. Maybe you have never put your faith in Jesus. What he told Nicodemus in John chapter 3, that you have to be born again How are you born again? By believing in Jesus, by putting your faith in Jesus. Later on in that chapter, he's speaking to Nicodemus. Jesus said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish. Perish to what? The wrath of God. 
that Jesus knew he was going to endure on the cross. But that person that believes will have everlasting life. If that's you today and you need everlasting life, you need to step out of the old and step in to the resurrection power of Jesus today on Easter Sunday, if that's you. I want you to raise your hand or I want you to go in one of the forums on Facebook, cityoflife.live, YouTube, wherever, and I want you to just say this, I need Jesus to become my Lord and Savior. I need Jesus to become my Lord and Savior. I need Jesus. Type it right now. At cityoflife.live, there's a button that says raise hand. You can click it. Click it. Let our team know right now. We want to pray with you and believe for salvations all over the world today, for people that are hopeless today. You don't know when this crisis we're in is going to end. I'll tell you what, it doesn't matter when it ends. Your personal crisis can end today by stepping out of the old and stepping into the new. Come on, he gives you power to live a victorious life in the midst of adversity. He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And if that's you and you lifted your hand today, I want to pray with you right now. I'm just going to ask you right now, close your eyes, lift your hands, pray this prayer with me out loud. Say, I ask you, Lord Jesus, to forgive me of my sins. Right now, I want to be born again. A brand new life. Stepping out of the old. Stepping into the resurrection power that you demonstrated on that very first Easter. I feel my heart being transformed, Lord. I will never be comfortable going back to that old life. Something new has happened in me because of you, Lord, because of the cross, because you came out of that grave. In Jesus' name, amen. This concludes the teaching. If you'd like to support what God is doing here at City of Life, click on the Give button at www.col.tv or text a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. We hope you'll join us again.